Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. Tonight we're going to talk about the mystical mind. Yes, which is a rarefied subject to be sure, because it's uh, um, about the opposite of the way we are taught to think. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a very logic-oriented school system, and anything that's not logical does not receive any merit or value. And it's ironic because, uh, logically speaking, there's more than logic. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, so what is, is anybody paying any attention? Uh, so the idea would be to, um, uh, I was joking with someone about the idea that the children ought to be the teachers rather than the way we have it now because uh, they know more. Oh, that's a good point. And they forget so easily, and the slightest trauma causes amnesia. And so your average adult, that would be us, cannot remember if we have our socks on, cannot remember what day of the week it is, cannot remember much of anything uh, because of a cumulative uh, social engineering, uh, I meant to say trauma, that um, is endemic in our society. So to become in touch with the mystical mind, this is a, a fond ambition of mine, to actually allow myself to understand things that logic won't explain. And in fact, it's a real search in me to find things that, uh, so all the great mystical minds in history, well, really, well, well Christ, yes, the saints, maybe, yeah. Okay, it's never been honored. It's never, I know a couple of people that I would, Ross Hamilton, who thinks very mystically. I don't think he thinks any other way at any real time. Uh, you, uh, myself, in many occasions. Uh, but to actually acknowledge and, and honor, well, I think a not so much. More and more people definitely are. As a matter yes. of fact, I think we're being pulled to the spiritually mystical mind a lot. And mystical really means something that's more subjective rather than based in logic, as you were saying. Yeah. So it is our subjective view of the universe, and that's really all we can come up with. There is no objective view. It's right. all a subjective view. So it's Very really, well mystical mind could also be seen as finally just admitting to ourselves and each other that there really isn't some general objective reality and that they are all subjective, and maybe we could be more tolerant of ourselves and others that way. And the more mystical you're thinking, the more accurate it will be. Mm -hmm. Except if you explain it to someone who's a logistician, they'll they'll poo-poo it. Well, and know. if you believe them, then you're the one that's in trouble, not the logician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there, it's logical that there's more to it than logic. Mm -hmm. So if a well-trained logical mind opens itself to what we're calling mystical, but let's define it a little more. A logical mind open its, opens itself to the presence of spirit guides as a reality, then uh, angels as a reality, uh, bigger pieces of consciousness as a reality, then the heart will open like a flower in that logical person. And um, I've seen this happening in me, which is what kind of brought up this whole subject, plus I was reading an interesting book uh, called Eagles of the, Dawn, of the New Dawn, which is about the Arcturians. We did a, uh, uh, the Arcturian meditation, and we're going to do it again. It was massively successful. 
there was a phenomenal level of consciousness that occurred. I even think of uh, reinstating opening of the third eye ceremony. Yeah, for we haven't people. done that in a long time. I think yeah. it is time to bring that back. Yeah, and if someone wanted to email saying you'd be interested in attending, we can convene such an event. Yeah. But we would have to have people say, uh, not saying, people that will participate in this, but let us know if that works for you. Yeah, that's true, and I think it is a good time for a lot of reasons, but one mm. is there was once a time our mysticism, our mystical aspects of self were taken care of in organized religions or other structures. And it was usually a figurehead that was the mystic and reached out into the divine and shared that information. And I think in, on one level that was very secure and, and grounding for humanity because people didn't have to confront their own ego and their own sense of self uh, and the possibility of making mistakes and being wrong and all that, that got to stay out of it. Mm. But now everybody is becoming their own mystic and their own mystical teacher and we are leading ourselves into the spirit realms and there is a lot of excitement that goes along with it. There's a lot of misinformation that goes along with it. Oh, and there is a lot of freedom and choice that goes into it. Mm -hmm. I think where we get stumble or, or where we stumble as people is as we are being called by our own epiphanies and our own synchronicities into the world of the mystic, the mystical realms, sometimes we still believe that what we are perceiving in our own journey, this own huge world of story being played out just for us, that we are interpreting it as being everyone's truth and we're doing something that's very common at a, sp a stage of spiritual evolution and that is feeling like we have to convert everybody. We have to oh, teach God. everybody and make them hear us and, and that this information is so large, it's filled me, now I have to fill other people with it. And I, I see that drive in every single religion, even in our spiritualness. Like sometimes if you go out and just in a social setting, people that are getting so into this and it's just so rich, everybody just, their heart is spilling over wanting to share this with everyone else. And I think that that is because we're never taught that we can feel what it is that's going on. We, can't, we only can feel so much love and then we have to offload it to other people. Uh, but the true state of bliss would be to experience everything and to be able to hold it within self, too. Well, that's very much the difference between being and doing. Right yeah. there, that's it. So if you are this filled with it, then be that. As soon as you want to convert everyone yes. to yeah. uh, your doing, and that's not the deal. And uh, this show is, is like, here it is, take it or leave it. We're not out to convert people. It is the idea that you have to do you. This is the ultimate skeptic, the person who's trying to convince everyone of the reality of the bliss that they're filled with, is the ultimate skeptic because it then becomes germane upon other people to validate this person and convince them, but it just simply doesn't work that way. Yeah, and yeah. I think with each of us being our own mystic, we're looking for approval and feedback from the world uh, to tell us, yes, you're doing a good job at your mysticism, but this is a realm that we must go in alone. We walk alone, and we're not alone when we're in there, but yeah. I'm talking about alone with, as far as other human beings. We have to be able to walk it and to hold it and to be able to receive all that comes with the mystical journey. 
Well, if you can't receive it, then you're going to find yourself uh, attempting to dump it somewhere in some fashion. Yeah, and once you do achieve this uh, supernal consciousness, there's no such thing as separation. It's just not a word in your vocabulary. There is no thought that you're you and I'm me. There just is, and that's a state of being mm -hmm. that uh, you're not going to sell to anyone. We have come out of this hyper-sales, um, uh, $80,000 a year man is worth more than a $50,000 a year man mentality, uh, and it's permeated everything, and it's really quite poisonous, and it's really just absolutely blinding to people. Uh, we started the Arcturian event by saying you have been so pounded into identifying with your physical body. This evening, we will allow you to begin the process of identifying with your light body rather than your physical body. Once you begin to believe, to identify with your light body, then it's not that far a distance to the idea that we're all one thing because we are all light bodies that apparently got bored and I'd like to meet the person, but nonetheless, uh, well, let's incarnate. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and then here we are. And then the first thing we do is argue. Well, that's the second thing. The first thing we do is feel guilty about something. And then this leads to war very shortly. But the guilt is about anger that you um, don't feel you have the right to have. So what happened was, and how this whole thing got set in the works to begin with, was um, supernal beings decided that they'd try on um, physical bodies. But we forgot to bring the owner's manual. And we've been looking for it ever since. And it's very simple, the owner's manual. You know, you, you look want it up online. Yeah, I'm sure that everything's on the web. But, um, or the internet, I-N-N-E-R-net. Yes, yeah, exactly, that would be the point. So knowing who it is you are is not that far afield from being who it is you are. And that was a whole, we did, I think last week's show was on knowing yourself, words to that effect. So this week's on the, the mystical mind, and this is part of you you don't know. Your mysticism, your ability to see beyond the shells that we walk around in. If you could, you'd be living on a planet where everybody was this glorious and unique shade uh, that radiated light that allowed you to uh, feel nurtured, that allowed you to not have to defend yourself, to not have to put up shells and armor. And see, this is just exactly how bright the human race has been. And this is hilarious. Okay, so somebody uh, gets tired of throwing rocks and invents the bow and arrow. Well, oh, clever, eh? Okay, and then some other one invents a suit of armor. See the armor thing? Okay, and then right away, the other one invents the gun. Okay, and then we forget about armor for, I don't know, a couple hundred years. And then somebody comes up with Kevlar. And then somebody comes up with, um, what is the word? Uh, you coat bullets with Teflon, and then they go right through Teflon. Okay, you want armor? Be love, okay? There's armor, yeah? This is the way this works. Because nothing, if, if you're loving towards it, it cannot possibly harm you. Uh, see, mysticism, see how the logic just batted it? We're sick of this. 
mysticism. Well, you yeah, know, we you are can actually love. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, we're, we are equipped with the left and right hemispheres of our brain, and that's a very simplistic way of saying it, but we have a part that is designed to live here in 3D, mm -hmm. and it lives in the moment, and you request something of it, like pick up these cards, it finds a way to pick up the cards, but what we tend to do is put so much on that part of our brain that it cannot possibly do, because that part of our brain cannot handle tomorrow in the future. And we live so much out of time yeah. all the time. Yeah. So the mystical mind is the part that isn't restricted by time and space. And it looks at life and the inner life in particular in a very multidimensional way. And it's, it, it's comprised of our dream self, our religious self if we're religious, our spiritual self in general. And it's all the things that cannot be seen and manipulated with the hand. Yeah. But it's not at the same time, it's not about going to war with both of those. It's about allowing them both to coexist. Like, for instance, there was a period of time where I am, well, first of all, I'm very right brain and left brain. I was an IT director, very geeky. I still love logical types of things and computers. I really do. And I love the mystical aspect. And how I got to the place where I could let both of them live at the same time, which is really what we must do in order to get the hemispheres of the brains to balance and for you to be able to see interdimensionally on a regular basis is I knew my left brain was never going to believe that I just perceived uh, someone's uh, loved one on the other side. I knew my left brain was never going to believe that so I didn't try to make it believe it. I just said I know this is true whether I can believe it or not and that became my affirmation. I know this is true whether I can believe it or not. And it was my way of uniting these two worlds, the world that said, how could that be? I'm not going to believe in that. I, my job is to hold logic and hold 3D space for you. Mm -hmm. So I would invite um, anyone to take that gift of that affirmation because it was very useful mm -hmm. um, for myself. Yeah, well in the, um, the blurb on tonight's show, I was saying if anyone has a uh, mystical experience that they'd like to call in and tell us about it, we'd be very happy to hear because we'd like more and more of this brought to the surface for uh, we humans to see that it is normal well, to have mystical experience. Well, maybe we can start the ball rolling. One popped into my mind, it's one that I've shared uh, in other uh, formats, but um, I believe that I was, this was a number of years back and I was driving uh, on this road and there was a stoplight and it was kind of a T intersection and there were hedges on both sides so I couldn't really see either side not that I was looking because I was looking at the light the light changes to green so I go and I'm maybe five feet I went five feet and I heard out of the car radio there was strangely a Geico commercial on but a man's voice said stop like that and it startled me so much I slammed on the brakes. And before I could even like let all that reality, what just happened sink in, this big GTO, you remember GTOs yes. or dusters or something, real heavy big cars, came speeding by at least 45 or 50 miles an hour. And I was driving a Chevette, if you guys remember those, you could pick those up. As a matter of fact, we didn't plow the snow, I just got four guys to pick my car up and put it over the snowbank. 
it was that light and it would have hit me in the driver's door. Yeah. Now that was a mystical experience. Absolutely. That wasn't somebody literally sitting in my car saying, hey, watch out, mm -hmm. which would have been more of a 3D based experience, but it was yeah. a mystical one. And I remember Carol, who is now in spirit, had written in many years ago, we had done a show on spirit guides, and she wrote in with a story that she and her son had been out in Las Vegas or whatever, and they flew back and they had overbooked the flight, and so they asked anyone if they wanted to uh, take the next flight, and it would go to Boston, and they could be put up in a, a hotel overnight and fly, fly first class the next day. Uh, and she said, she, her son said, yeah, we don't have anything to do. We've never seen Boston, let's go. So they walk up there and her angel screamed at her in her ear, in her inner ear and said, no. So she took a step back and said, no, we're not gonna go on that flight. And her son was like, why not? You know, we, that sounded like fun. She goes, no, we're just not supposed to do it. And that was the flight that went into the World Trade Center, one of the planes. Yeah. So you hear of these things all the time. There are so many stories all over the place um, that are like that. Yeah, please call in if you have a story about um, something mystical that has happened. We would love to get this to be up and around because it's normal, because it's part of who we are, because we have a right to think this way, because we have a right to hear other people think this way. A long, long, long time ago, I realized that absolutely every atom since that's the way we have decided to think of the universe in this particular epoch of time, that absolutely every atom is alive. They're absolutely alive. Um, recently it occurred to me that absolutely everything thinks. Now I noticed that um, uh, if I open the door and look at the uh, refrigerator, I open the refrigerator and I look at the food, the food kind of like looks back at me. The food comes to attention. The food wants to know if they're being chosen or not to be eaten. Oh, now, uh, perhaps two decades ago, I read a book by Hilarion called Other Kingdoms, in which he stated that um, uh, an apple, you want to eat an apple that has been grown near to you, not an apple that's had a ride on an airplane and is out of several continents away and is going to be consumed by you. Uh, because you bought it in a supermarket. You want an apple that, you, that is tuned to the mineral um, configuration where you live as opposed to the mineral configuration in wherever they grow apples. Okay, uh, closer even than a few states away. You want Virginia. something, yeah, closer. <laughs> yeah, a Virginia apple I'm would be really the deal. And a high collar, just one sec. Um, Oh, that everything thinks. So the apple, when you're about to eat the apple, the apple becomes prepared to have the experience of being you, if only for a moment, just as it passes through you, the apple has the experience of being you. And the apple's excited about that. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, Neville, this is Leslie. Leslie, what can we do for you? Well, you wanted uh, an, an example of a mystical experience, and, and years ago, uh, when I really wasn't um, looking into such things, uh, I was making plans to go to uh, Virginia Beach, and I was driving late at night, and I used to fall asleep at the wheel, so I was uh, getting stuff at the grocery store to munch on to keep me awake. And so I heard a voice in my head and said, don't go, you're gonna have, you're, you're gonna have um, car trouble. Your car's gonna break down, something like that. 
And I was the first time I heard something like that, and I really wanted to go, and I argued with it. And I said, no, I'm going. And it insisted, don't go, you're going to have car trouble. And I said, yes, I'm going. And I went and uh, drove down there and about 1 o'clock in the morning, and, and sure enough, I got about as far as Richmond, and uh, my Volkswagen went up in smoke. I had to pull over, and uh, sure enough, I did have car trouble, and I thought about that voice that I didn't listen to. Oh, very nice. Very yeah, good so story. I thought I'd share that yeah. with you. And while I'm on the phone, um, you guys talked about collapsing time one time, because you oh, yeah. Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I was wondering if you could go into that, how exactly you did that. Yeah, um, well, I was uh, driving in both, I think all three of the times that we have done such things together, and I know we've probably done things alone as well, yeah. but where I got my inspiration to do that was from the world, the, world, the movie called Somewhere in Time. I don't know if you've seen it. It has Christopher Reeves and Jane Seymour in it, and it was about a guy who, it's a, it's a movie of reincarnation, where this lady has grown to be old, but this guy came back, it used to be her lover or whatever. And so he experiments with time travel, which I've been fascinated with since I was a child. And when I saw that movie, I thought, I know this is possible. And so I remembered from the movie that you do not, that if you're going to do these sorts of things, now I, I already knew that time was not what we think, we can perceive it differently and get places quicker um, and all that, but usually our brain tries to explain things away, but if you keep open-minded. But what he did was dress in period clothes and made everything that he saw of that period so that his mind didn't get grounded back into his current year, like 1980-something. And what pulled him out of the experience is he found a modern-day penny in his pocket, and he got slammed back into reality. So when I was driving down, I, I, cut, I had this little raccoon statue, and I put it right over my odometer so I couldn't see it, and I did not look at road signs. Every time they came, I would just stare down here. I'd look at the side of the road or something like that. So step number one until we can master our thinking enough to not default to old program, it is a good idea not to see any of that because all you're really working with are your beliefs. And if you have anything that tells you it's 50 miles or something like that, you are really being super glued into your belief system. And I have done that a number of times on my own as well. So it's really a matter of keep, every time you have that doubting belief come up, you just step out of it. And then, after that, you just live in the moment. You look at the trees, you do whatever. But and you set the intention. Sorry, to... first step is you set the intention of ha how long it's going to take you. Yes. We do. Okay. Another thing to understand is that time is something that you create and that you can master this very easily. Um, there is... Uh, this is the matrix, you know, the, you've seen the movie, right? Well, you're in the matrix now, and you really do have the authority over it, the creation of whatever goes on uh, in your life. You are deciding that. So as you were saying, if you, if you look at the watch every five minutes, I've personally never been able to wear a watch. I don't think I've ever seen you wear one either. It's um, my folks got me a uh, watch for graduating high school, 
but um, it vanished or it broke. I don't even remember it was that long ago. There's just no possibility. The whole language is based with words like late and early and on time. There's no such thing other than on time. You are constantly on time. It's about stepping above the system and then just forwarding to another place. I uh, did a, um, uh, in the Merkaba, if we know what a Merkaba looks like, there's one, yes, Merkaba, the, um, the form of the Merkaba. And I spent a show spinning it to show people how to time travel. But what happened was I didn't realize how sensitive the um, chakra center at the tip of your fingers is. And so spinning it like that, it took me six months before the uh, index and thumb chakras recovered from what I did there. But we have a great deal well, more power than we think we have. We sure do. And something that I have observed, too, is being in a hurry, a state of being in a hurry, or stress is another way of looking at it, will elongate time in that way. So I do this thousands of times now. Oh, yeah. If I'm in a hurry, I automatically, I see things getting in my way, things slow down, First, something happens and I'm going slower. So I take a deep breath and I, I just recognize that I have all the time in the world and I'm going to be in a state of peace. And as the minute I get in a state of peace, I start traveling through what we would call obstacles. Um, obstacles only rear their head when we're in a state of stress. So it's important to keep yourself serene no matter what. So do not get vested in the outcome of whether you get there or not. Yeah. One time we had, we had, quote, to get from our house in Reston to a house down uh, off Route 1 south of National Airport and then back to Tacoma Park. And it was 45 minutes, and this was rush hour, and I think anybody that's familiar with the area knows that, yeah, right, maybe you could make it down to the Beltway from Reston in that amount of time at that time of day. But we did it. Made it down there, paused, got out at the place um, lower than uh, National Airport, south of National Airport on Route 1, and got back up to, to Tacoma Park in that 45-minute time period. And if you, like we normally do when we're running uh, quote unquote late for work, what we do is we get into that stress mind, so it takes us three hours to get to work. But if you can stay in the peace mind, you'll get there faster. Well, spontaneous extra dimensional awareness is becoming far more common uh, with people. Sure. And, and that is an example of it. You don't have to do any of that. We wish to set people free that wish to be set free. If you don't want to, then don't worry about it and you're not watching anyhow. So I don't know why I would be talking to you, but nonetheless, if you were, don't. Uh, unless you really do want to become free, at which point you're then going do. to have to um, more or less give up all of these little linchpins that keep reality the way it is around you because you're the one doing that. And they're just knocking these things out to let you be free. But it does have to do with not caring uh, because all of the linchpins have any authority based on the amount that you care about said linchpin. Like if I'm really invested in the floor being solid, you know, oh, the floor is very solid. We all, we're all really invested in that linchpin, except for a guy in India <laughs> who forgot to open the door simply because he didn't remember that it was there on any level, certainly physically. But well, this possibility of, um, 
possibility. Go ahead. Um, most mystical experiences are for our eyes only, meaning you can certainly tell other people about them, but it's stuff that only you are going to see. And that's what um, another definition or a way to define a mystical experience is it's usually something solitary. If you look even in the biblical references of Moses going up on the hill alone, talking to a burning bush or something, I might be confusing stories or any of the stories of Muhammad or uh, Christ or Buddha or any of these deities, mm -hmm. what you will see is they did everything in a solitary manner. And so your mystical experiences are really a whole movie written just for you. And one of the cards I have in, in Mary's Magical Message cards is everything in your life furthers the plot of your story. And it does, so pay attention to every detail in your life. So your mystical experiences are going to have a direct bearing on your particular life and your experience. And there are going to be a lot of references that are coded there for your eyes only, meaning they are custom programmed to the language your soul speaks. And so first allow yourself to hold your mystical experiences and absorb them before you feel so inclined to give them up. Certainly we share our mystical experiences, I'm not saying that. but. I, I'm just saying don't bypass you because there's so much in it. Replay those, look to um, deeper levels of those because it's never just one message anyway. It's multiple, multiple layers. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, idea of remaining at, uh, centered, remaining in peace, we've taught I don't know how many times that if you simply do that, you realign yourself with yourself. Um, you get all of this. The, any negative thought is so inherently disruptive that it will start creating reality. In other words, the, whatever it is you wish to command into existence, the slightest belief that you're not going to do that will disrupt it. And that's the whole thing about it. That's why don't watch the, uh, don't watch the clock, don't watch the speedometer, don't read the signs. You just simply set yourself and then there it is. Save your doubt for the other end of the journey. So when you get out and you did that in one hour, oh my God, then you can doubt it all you want because it's in the past. But in the moment, no, you really want to be in command of yourself. That's a very important aspect of mysticism. Mysticism occurs only in the now. It doesn't, uh, you can't, so far I've been unable to call it in the sense of calling a mystical experience. But, the, um, uh, but more and more, the, you know, meditation is the other thing that's going to open the door for you as far as you finding the mystical creator that you really are or the magical creator. We, we could have called this the magical mind and been just as accurate, but magic has been destroyed for all children. And it happens the first time you, you say, uh, oh, uh, it's Christmas, you gave me a bicycle, you know, I wished for a bicycle. And Dad walks off grumbling, yeah, you wished for it, and I went out and worked for it. You're going to have a lot of fun in life. And then the kid is forever programmed with the inability to wish things into existence. What an amputation to do to a small child. You can wish anything into existence. Well. And if we haven't lost all our viewers, then congratulations, you're the one that has the ears to hear that there's more to it than we've ever been told. And that would be a class in grade school taught by the children how to practice magic because all of the adults 
have forgotten that. Yeah. The word was destroyed. I am magical. Yeah, that's very good. Um, yeah, I think that is wonderful. And, and another magical experience that we have, or mystical experience, is our, our synchronicities. And a, and a synchronicity is when something happens against all odds, something else will happen that, that gives a message. And they fit into a place in the, in the mind, in the brain, where it can be forgotten very easily. So I really do feel like if you were to keep a book of synchronicities, it would be very powerful. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I consider this to be a mystical experience. Other people may not. Another example that it's very subjective, and the more you see mystical experiences in your life, the more you're going to have, because you're going to have the eyes to see them. So I was in the grocery store, and I was buying some stuff, and I got the change, and I realized I forgot to buy the Boca Burgers. So I ran back, I left my cart there, I got them, and I went in a different line, uh, because it was open. and. It was um, a certain number and 18 cents, and I looked, the change from my last purchase was 18 cents, which to me was a very, I went, wow, that is so cool. Even mm -hmm. the lady uh, behind the counter who was from India who really got it, because I think a lot of Western thinking yeah. is like, so, like it's 18 cents. But to me, out of all the hundred numbers that that could have been, for that to be like that was a message to me. It was a mystical thing. It let me know that there was a consciousness, a love, something that was organizing all this. That's what it told me. Yeah. Well, then I got home that night. Uh, I had a call to take at 8, and I knew I was going to be a little late, so I was watching the clock, and I arrived and walked in the door at exactly 8.18, and that was my total 8.18. Mm -hmm. And all those, the numbers in our life are a language too. So acknowledging your mystical self, you're going to enter into a dialogue with the universe, and you're going to start to hear things you never heard, and it's not just voices in your head. You're going to hear a language that is alive and verbal all around you in every form. It can be the bird that lands on your window ledge. It can be whatever it is that's going to give you messages. Yeah. Coincidence was sent to destroy synchronicity, by the way. The word coincidence. Yeah destroys the concept of synchronicity. Well, not really. And so, yes, it does, at least in my opinion. And so the, I don't use the word coincidence at all because it, it's a very limited word. But synchronous, everything is synchronous. So we'll call in with other mystical experiences. We'd like a tableau of people's um, uh, extra-dimensional travels, which is a mystical experience. Anything that's happened to you that you feel is worth repeating that steps out well out of this realm uh, that we've been for way too long imprisoned in. Let us set ourselves free. Um, call, tell us something that's uh, gone on in your life that uh, is worth repeating that would be described as magical or mystical. I was um, for a walk in the woods at three in the morning one time, and I came upon an open field, and it was a lightning bug, unless you prefer firefly, which doesn't make any sense. But nonetheless, uh, lightning bugs. And this tree had become completely filled with lightning bugs. And uh, just the one tree. And the one tree was remarkably brain-shaped. Just, you know, the stem up and the roundness of it and to one side a little more so it really looked like a brain. And with all of these fireflies, lightning bugs in it, flashing on and off, 
uh, it looked like the synapse functioning in oh, a brain. Oh, beautiful. Wasn't it though? Mm. And I recognized that uh, the tree itself was thinking, the lightning bugs were thinking, the um, uh, earth that the um, tree was plugged into was thinking, and that the entire thing was put there, because I was the only one around, I presume, unless there were others, there may have been, who knows, uh, that, um, that this was how thought looked from an extra-dimensional point of view, that if we could look inside someone's head and see the little synapse firing, I was looking at that right there. And then this many years later, it struck me that maybe I was the thinking that I was looking at. Maybe the lightning bugs talking to each other, true enough, not arguing, was also mimicking what was going on in my thinking at that oh, time. Oh, I bet, I bet you you're right on the money there. Yeah, actually, so that's mystical. And I hadn't <laughs> well, thought about that until just now. Surely it's mystical. Yeah. I, I tell you, just I used to love to go look at the star Arcturus because uh -huh. it, it changes color. And uh, I was down at my son's house and I had, a, he was at that time living in a place where there was no light pollution, so you mm -hmm. could really see and I could always pick Arcturus out. And I had binoculars and we looked at it and it was literally like you took a light in a color wheel rapidly and it just changed colors. Yeah, I remember. And even experiences like that I find very mystical. <clears throat> or the Absolutely. time we went to the beach and it was cloudy and we took a group down to the beach and we laid on the sand to look at a, a star because if you think about it there's information and light. So if you look at a star the light that comes down actually contains information if you have receptors to see it. And so we have the faculty to perceive lots mm -hmm. of things that we just ignore. Um, well, anyway, we went down to the beach and there was a cloud cover. So we all set our energy to clear the clouds. We look up and it's completely clear. Millions of stars, we lay down, we look and everything and we go to get up and we pick up our blanket and look up and it's completely cloud covered again. That was an extremely mystical experience. Mm -hmm. But if you live only in the logical mind, you'll oh. say, so the clouds came in and covered. But no, yeah. that isn't an explanation. By stepping out of logic, we take the words and the, and the pauses between words and the space between the lines and we stretch it and there are universes in Very there. Well put. And if you don't allow yourself to do that, and you remain in the skeptical mind, yeah. you're only cutting off stuff that's vital for your growth. On that particular trip, I was looking at a star and asked it for a story to tell, mm -hmm. and it ended up in uh, metaphysical short stories. And what this spar uh, star spoke to me about was um, one of its planets uh, was all plant. There were no animals on the planet. and. Uh, so I went to visit this planet, the all-plant planet, all plants all the time. <laughs> and um, the, you know, I was wondering, there's a certain amount of maintenance the animals do, like squirrels will trim trees and plants, plants, but the plants were not concerned about that. It just wasn't a factor in it. And so I met a being there who appeared um, humanoid, uh, except that uh, it's uh, more like Odo in that um, the suit of clothes he was wearing would change colors according to the mood he was in. And uh, he invited me to his tree house, which was literally a tree. His father had planted the seed for the tree the day he was born. And when he became of age, he occupied this tree house, which 
uh, could expand and contract depending on what was going on. And then when he married, uh, the tree expanded even more and even built a, uh, a nursery because the tree knew that they would be um, having a child and um, they would sing to the child. The story goes on and on. There's quite a bit of interest in it for me and um, kind of a typical Earther's view on it. The one anecdote from the story I would repeat was that um, uh, they had uh, had racism on this planet until the word weed came to mean unrecognized potential. And after that, there was no more racism. Just you don't recognize, the word weed keeps you from recognizing the potential in that plant. It's a weed. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that had been major healing. Oh, yeah. Anything you don't recognize, you are yeah. cutting off from yourself, period. That's yeah. all there is to it. The bigger we get, the more we hold within us. So the yeah. more beliefs you can hold within you. Um, I, I, I always use the analogy I have for many decades, and I've said it on the show about the coffee cup. If I'm looking at a coffee cup, the handle's on the left. I can prove it. I can take a picture. I can have a team of scientists. Uh, come and say that. And if you're looking at it from over there, you're going to see it on the right and you could do the same. And we could argue and argue and argue. But if you look at everything as being subjective, which is really the theme of the mystical uh, mm -hmm. experience, is a subjective experience. And that makes it more powerful than a feigned objective experience. Then what happens is if someone else says the handle's on the right, you are getting a view from the opposite side of the cup of reality. Wow, how brilliant is that, that you can see the cup from all these eyes. Mm -hmm. the, the more you cut off from you, the less view you have on this total reality, and you're, you are more ill-equipped, and you are less funded to be who you really are. So it serves you to accept other people's belief systems as true, because they are all true. Yeah. And, and the more views you get, the more well-rounded view you're going to have of yeah, the entirety. Precisely. And you only gain in wisdom. So. This ignorance that is taught all throughout our, our world, the ignorance of this, where we don't accept each other, where we harm each other and all that, uh, it's really important to, yes, to look at that. It's to, education. And to not crush our children that way anymore. I said the little boy uh, that used the word wish and was then derided for it. Yeah. No, that would be champion. And of course the father would say, yes, and there it is. Never mm -hmm. once, you know, the ego of the father, well, I worked for it. You know, no, no, no. Ego is just uh, well, very detrimental in that particular yeah. incident, but in general. Well, something I put out on Facebook uh, talking about a message, a bird had flown into our patio and we yeah. looked up the bird and it talked about grounding. And so mm -hmm. I was pondering that and all these air events that have been happening yeah, yeah. of airplanes falling from the sky, basically, mm -hmm. just like that bird got the message of grounding. So I did some meditating on that, and I realized it's not a matter of us, oh, let's get out of the clouds and come down. It's a matter of us to stop fleeing to spirit to avoid down here, and it's to bring our spirit down here. And grounding is the new ascension. And okay. speaking of birds. Winding their way down from the sky. And here's our bird, and here's duck peaches. Yes. <laughs> Did we rename the duck? <laughs> no, long story. Okay, crystals are living, are living record keepers and power conductors. There is a crystal coming into your life, 
and you will know it by the way it feels. Great changes are underway. It's time to open up to your potential. Let your light shine for all the world to see. There Beautiful shining. I thought so. Great. Thank you. Here it is. Well, thank you very much. Excellent. All right. So, uh, oh, you were to give a reading to Barbara. Barbara. There we go. Thanks for the me reminder. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm just going to start real quick with Barbara and got calm waters, which is great. And it makes a lot of sense to me and it probably will to you. But the idea is that what used to be rocky is now still and when things become still within ourselves, in a pond, you can see your reflection. When things become still within us, we can see our face too, our real face. So things are becoming still, things are becoming quieter. And as a result, you're going to be able to hear more things in your life. And it's a time also of coming out of your shell and communicating outside of you and letting your real self out. It's like maybe it had been distracted by things before, but now it's time to bring it out. And then the uh, final card is the card of truth. And that person is standing in front of a mirror and sees an angel in the reflection. And it's really time to set those roles down and look at the angel that you really are. And then we got um, from the magical messages, pay, atten- oh, pay attention to the uh, to the flow in your life. Any perceived roadblocks are really just signposts pointing you in the right direction. Okay, well thank you. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be rescheduling the uh, Arcturian meditation coming up. Or we'll schedule a new one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is exciting. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hi caller, what's your name please? You're on the air, say hello. Eve. Oh hey, how are you? Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I'd like a reading from Mary. Okay. All righty. Marvelous. The first card we get is Awakening. Great things. Morning time is just a, a lovely time. It certainly is. But I feel like something special is going to happen in the morning. And I would watch for it over the next couple of days could be a phone call, could be a letter, uh, like maybe an award of some kind, um, like an awarding of um, something you had requested or, or something like that. Now, typically that card is about awakening and new things dawning. Uh, so anyway, so we got the sun and the moon, which is interesting, which is a balance. And the silence card is about stepping into that zone of silence you have around you. And there's so much chatter that goes on around us that are other people's voices, beliefs instilled on us by other people. And this is the time to go in and seek the inner counsel of self. And if you can get away to the beach, all the better. And the only person you're in competition with is self. So just look at that because that's going to free up a lot of your energy. I feel like now is a time to just not tangle with other people, particularly their beliefs or what people may believe about you or be um, telling you about yourself. If you can, just get into your own zone of silence and not pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And a high caller, what's your name, please? Uh, we know that one. R2-D2? One would imagine. Could be C-3PO. Yes. They speak a similar language sometimes. And do we have our next? 
We will in a minute. So you're a uh, high caller. What's your name, please? Yes. Hi, my name is Suzanne. Suzanne, what can we do for you? Yeah, let's call and find out if I can get a reading from Mary. Sure. Uh, more in the area of my next career move, if possible. Okay. Yes. And I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, the first card we get is the Wisdom card, and this is supposed to be a scrapbook filled with lots of things like awards, a blue ribbon, pictures, accomplishments, milestones in life. And it's all those things, all those memories, everything we've ever experienced that gives us wisdom. We have an experience, we convert it to wisdom, and then we let the experience go. But that can be very hard for us. But I feel like what this is saying is to take experience that you've had perhaps from something that you've had as your career recently or the most recent and combine it with things you've done in the past, maybe even years ago when you were young, right out of college or something you were interested in in college. It's saying to take your skills and, and really put them out there. The awakening card in this context, I feel, is that you perhaps have been limiting yourself with what you think is sellable and what you think people are out there wanting to buy and maybe look at it as seeing your total self play around with writing titles around yourself and feel what feels right and um, you know learn more about yourself and you were just t talking in general about a career move I feel like this is saying go ahead and put yourself out there right now this is a good time and talk to people, word of mouth, as well as uh, putting a communication out there. I almost feel like maybe it's not quite right now, but that it's coming. And start looking at yourself a little clearer because I feel rather than branching off, going up like promotion or, or something more um, up the ladder, maybe even working to a place where you have a lot more freedom, either being consulting or uh, your own business, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Say hello. You're on the air. Go on. Say hello. hello. Um, my name is Elena. Elena, hi. Hi, and I was interested in a reading from Mary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling. <clears throat> okay, the first card is change. So this is that first leaf that falls in the autumn, blowing on that crisp breeze, and it looks like it knows where it's going and it's ready for this change. And I feel like this is you too. You know where you're going and you're ready for it. And when we know that we are always the one driving the change, we get very powerful within it. So the change is in reference to the romance, which is the next card. And one of the meanings of this card is that for, for us to have a really good romantic life, we must have that romance with self too because romance is about being very kind and gentle with another human. And we must go there first with ourselves before we can really give it to another. But that maybe things are going to a deeper level in that area of your life. And the door, opening the door into the next phase. And this also talks about a decision point. Do I walk through the door? Do I stay on this side? So really see how you feel about how things progress. And I think that there is opportunity and know that whatever change is coming up is something you really are ready for. So don't let it frighten you at all. Excellent. And it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be a good change. Excellent Nothing to job. worry about there. Yeah. And our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? 
Hey, Mary. Hey, Neville. It's David. Hey, David. Hey, how are you? Great show tonight. Well, thank, thank you. you. I'd like to have a reading from Mary, please. Okay. And I'll hang up and listen on TV. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Good to hear your voice. Okay. Now this is the card of New Direction. It's a fork in the road, so to speak. And it's saying that you may have had some conflict about a certain issue in your life, like not sure whether to pursue something or to just stay waiting until a better time or what you would perceive as a better time. And what this says is there is no wrong answer here. If something comes up, like an opportunity or a person in your life, it's saying, go ahead and act, because the fool that says everything is the king, and the king that says nothing is the fool. It's always good to put our heart out there. And if you look at the guys that are really open-hearted and risk being rejected and saying that, they're the ones that the, all the girls like anyway. Um, look, and there's romance. So again, we're talking about relationships here. It's saying to make that choice. And remember, like what I was saying before, you must love yourself. So maybe this is also about you entering into a good relationship with yourself. Look, I shuffled these cards and we got change again. This is another synchronicity. Yeah. And so things are changing. Things are changing. You're getting ready to choose you and to choose a path. And it, and it looks like it's going to lead to some really nice things. Yeah, you know, one time. Romantic wise. One time I found a fork in the parking place. <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> so we have, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays in a little while if you'd like to join us in 3D. And uh, that's in Fairfax Circle. And uh, let me see what else was going on. I've been doing well with the mentor class of uh, palmistry and face reading. And I'm going to be doing a face reading event at 222. Washington Street in Fairfax City, Sunday at one o'clock. Fairfax City? Um, what did Falls I say? Falls Church? Falls Church, yeah. Sunday at one o'clock if uh, this You is can email us and we'll point you yeah, we'll get how to do that. Yeah, we'll give you the details. And um, what else you have, you're doing I just started a psychic development class. Excellent. And so if anyone wanted to join in, we've done mm -hmm. one class, but you could come early next week and I'll fill you in. It's a lot of fun, you get a lot yeah. of practice. <clears throat> Being your mystical self, you go your mystical self, and yeah. also a lot of foundational knowledge to do this in a grounded way. Like I was saying mm -hmm. earlier, grounding is the new ascension. You cannot flee the physical and leave your life to fend for itself. And so many um, that's are. that's what's going on in this this world is um, you know a lot of that. Yeah, there's so been the oddest come learn, stampede. grow, and have fun. Yeah, in the parts of 3D, there's been the oddest stampede of people just throwing everything and then going off to be, and they're just, it just... Going off and joining the circus? Essentially, yeah. Well, I know we have that journey, uh, that craving, but that craving is for our mystical journey, but we don't allow ourselves to really feel our mystical journey, so we look for it in things like that, yeah. like running off and joining the circus. Yeah. Certainly, it's okay to do that, but well, you, must, you must include all levels of you. Yeah, it's very important if you're going That's to practice that you have to get okay. the... Uh, That's true. What was our joy and honor to take you to the door? And you're going through it, so would you please act like it and just go through it and quit fooling around so that we can get this show on the road here? Yes, mm -hmm. the ascended human race mm -hmm. where everybody is mystical, where everybody's just... 
if you actually get yourself enough into your light body, there's no such thing as separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could just... Thank you.